This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to The Scoop, Inside Carolina's UNC Football Recruiting Podcast and the premier UNC Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoops Callahan. Don, what's going on, man? Your hair is looking great. I'm glad you said that because it was it was not a good day. My hair is getting a little long, so it's kind of like too long for what I like to do with it. So, yeah, it, it took me some time and going back to the to the mirror a few times to kind of get it worked out. But other than that, I am starving. We are filming this during my normal breakfast time. So, um, yeah, hopefully I don't have brain fog because uh, I don't have enough uh, calories in my system to keep me going. What's going on in Ross's world? Um, not much, man. Just focused on um, work and providing Inside Carolina subscribers and everybody. You've been busy. The best information possible. Yeah, a bunch of football news uh, on Monday, which kind of consumed our day and then in, into Tuesday. That's all and right. Bas- and basketball, um, the, and th- this will kind of lead into what we'll go into later, but uh, ironically, right when the story broke about the basketball transfer, I was at his his high school. Oh, um, which one is it again? Uh, Woodward Academy, because uh, UNC is recruiting for football purposes, recruiting Damari Alston. And it was interesting because his his football coach was all about it. And he was kind of sharing with me just uh, just kind of what the, the scuttlebutt was there at the school, because obviously it was a big well, story well, at the school. Tell, do tell. Do tell. I mean, it, it's nothing that by the time I kind of got out of my trip, and was sharing the information with Ben. Uh, it, it had everything had already everything I had had already been reported. You know, based you know just basically yeah, yeah. what was already reported. So it wasn't what like was the vibe. What was the vibe from the coach though? I mean, obviously he's going to have a different perspective just being there and being around it. It's, yeah, yeah. Teams. I think he. You know, keep in mind, this is the football coach I'm dealing with, and yeah. I think he was more surprised and, uh, you know, wanted to kind of just like just like I guess most people wanted to kind of find out you know what's the deal here what's going on and and so he was talking to I guess uh, the other people in the athletic department including the football the basketball staff there to kind of get his scoop but he seemed to me when I was talking to him he seemed surprised I when I'm on the road I I feel like I'm I'm completely out of it like I don't know what's going on so for me because a lot of this time I'm I'm in a car Mm -hmm. so for me I was just kind of like I barely knew what what was going on to be honest so yeah, it'll probably be one of our biggest traffic days of the year. Good to know. We yeah. need those. Certainly doesn't. Certainly beats anything that you do. <laughs> I suppose. All right. If, if you didn't know, Walker Kessler, a basketball player, uh, transferring from UNC. 
I know how our listeners don't like when we get off topic. So I want to apologize for doing a little basketball content there, but it did overlap <laughs> with what Don um, Don experienced down there in his trip to Georgia. And we're going to talk about Don's trip to Georgia and Virginia as part of this podcast. Um, we're also going to get into Jalen Walker. Um, we're going to bring on Brian Doan, a national recruiting reporter for 24-7 Sports, to talk about Zach Rice and his top five. And that interview is coming up. And then we're going to kind of get into uh, a little bit of what Don's Weekly Scoop talks about and his trips to Georgia and Virginia and everything that comes with that, including news on recruits, but also some uh, some things that happened, I guess, on Don's trip that he has not told me about that he's going to share on his uh, journeys to, to. It's nothing too crazy. It's probably I'm probably overselling it, but we'll we'll leave it towards the end. So it would be since we don't have a top five this week, mm-hmm. it will be kind of our non football, non football recruiting portion of the podcast. So yeah. that if you don't like those sort of things, yeah, you can just hit end, hit pause, hit stop and go on to the next podcast on your feed. Yeah. It's uh, you know, this is a free podcast we provide for you. And if you don't like what we talk about, you can stop. Or you can continue listening, but we usually put try to put the non-recruiting content and, and chatter at the end, and that's yes. for you, the listener. Um, all right, so let's get into it, guys. We're going to bring on Brian Doan in about 10 minutes, probably a little bit less than that. First, we're going to kind of – the talk now is going to be on Jalen Walker, um, four-star linebacker recruit from Salisbury, North Carolina. He is announcing this weekend, Don? Yes, this Sunday. He okay. has an announcement set. Tell us what um, this Sunday. Tell us what you know right now, and we'll go from there. Well, he has six finalists, and all we know for certain, or or what I'm, I am most confident in talking about or saying, is that it's probably three finalists: Georgia, Clemson, and North Carolina. The other three, I think he just kind of left in there just because, just to kind of keep it kind of and open, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the three schools he actually visited over the, the during the fall. Of course, their quarantine visits. He attended, I can't remember which football game. He attended a football game at North Carolina, attended a football game at, at well, actually, he was supposed to attend a football game at Georgia, and I think it was canceled, but he still visited that weekend. And then he attended the, um, uh, the ACC championship game um, where Clemson obviously played and beat the snot out of Notre Dame. Um, so those are the three schools. Everybody kind of feels like Clemson is, if we were handicapping this, Clemson would be a strong favorite here. Okay. But, you know, from what I've gathered, he hasn't told anyone yet exactly what his decision is. And so, so there is a little bit of hope for North Carolina, but as I said, it would, it would be an upset for North Carolina to score the commitment here. Yeah, I don't think UNC fans should get their hopes up from everything I'm seeing and reading and from reading yours. It just seems like a Clemson lean. Uh, we're talking about it because there's not a lot else going on in UNC football recruiting of note in terms of decisions, commitments. You know, there's not many visits, not like we're reporting on five stars and four stars visiting and what comes from that because there's just not much that in this dead period. Um, you know, this is a, a significant in-state. It would be a significant in-state loss yeah. for UNC as they try to lock down the state. You got a guy from Salisbury, which is, I think, about 45 minutes away from Charlotte. Um, I once hitchhiked to Salisbury. Did you? That mouse. needs to be – that. we need to hear that story. Yeah, I'll tell you at the end. I'll tell you at the end okay. if, if you want to bring it back up. Yeah. Um, 
But Jalen Walker, let me go through his stats right here because you never know what can happen. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I was in a truck with a man. And we listened across. We listened to country music the whole time. Well, don't don't ruin it. I mean, <laughs> this is. I'm just anyway. Yeah. Um, All right, six two two twenty. Jalen Walker, uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. He's the fifth ranked number fifty in the nation. Um, and the number four outside linebacker, every crystal ball of which there are four is, uh, going towards Clemson. And, you know, I mean, you realize he's when you're around Charlotte, you're, you're pretty close to the Clemson campus as well. So that's kind of the challenge for UNC as they try to lock down the state. The one ranking I want to point out is he's the number two player in the state. So, and Clemson has been able to just pull guys out of North Carolina with ease, uh, pulling him and there uh, would be just kind of continuing that trend for Clemson. And then you would think that kind of bodes well for them with uh, Travis Shaw, who's the number one guy, not that Travis and uh, Jalen Walker are like super close, uh, mm-hmm. but they do know each other. And, and, you know, I think it kind of helps Clemson with him if they do land Jalen Walker. Um, so, yeah. And, and looking at Travis Shaw's profile, he has four uh, crystal ball picks all going towards Clemson. I mean, I saw a picture of Travis Shaw, I guess it's his game on Friday, and he is massive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jim, uh, Jim Hawkins. That's another thing we should probably, we haven't brought up yet on any of the podcast, is that Jim Hawkins has been going, our photographer extraordinaire, has been going to high school football games, uh, depending on when they are, Friday, Thursday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, capturing. North Carolina's top recruits. He did. He actually did a bunch this past weekend, including Travis Shaw, which, which, uh, as Ross mentioned, posted great photos. You actually, the, the photo that I love is the one of him with referees, and he is just towering. Is not even, I guess, the the word for it because he's just so much bigger than these grown men referees. It's, it's mm-hmm. It just kind of because he, he's one of those guys that you kind of have to see in person to really appreciate just how massive he is. And he's not I mean, he does have some weight on him, but he's not like a fat guy. Um, he's just a huge human being. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about these guys bodies for for a while. But what stands out is that he has the length and the size, you know, Look, you talk- the quickness, the well, quickness yeah. is the big thing. Um, well, I mean, he's so talk- quick just talking about photos here. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. You yeah. see that Keyshawn Silver, super long, doesn't have the, yeah. the mass of body, you know. No. Um, sorry, I got I'm looking at his photos right now. I mean, he's huge. I'm yeah. so I mean, I need him. He needs to be a Tariel. Um before we get to Brian and before you do your break, we need to bring up what's what was our top five or new top five coming up for next time? Yeah, so the new top five for next week is um top five <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Top five storylines for spring football at UNC. So anything you think is worth a storyline, and it could be player focused, could be position focused, but could be more broader. Um, could be you know coach focused, um, goals, predictions. What are you thinking about when you think about UNC football this spring heading to the 2021 season? Send those to Don either on Inside Carolina on Twitter or, or through email at Don at InsideCarolina.com. And we'll talk about those next time we record. Um, We're going to bring on Brian Doan here to talk about Zach Rice's top five and really get into Zach Rice's um, recruitment. Don is covering it. Brian covers it from a different angle. So we'll get the more national, regional perspective on Zach Rice. Um, Then we will follow that with uh, a little chatter about Don's trip to Virginia and Georgia. We'll get into some stories from that. 
and some stories, I guess, about my hitchhiking adventure. And that's me, it, guys. A pretty simple, um, easy podcast. No controversy, no issues. All football here on The Scoop. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Brian Doan. I can't miss interview with all the scoop on Zach Rice. First, I'll talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I am wearing a sweatshirt I got from Johnny Uh-oh. T-Shirt. I wanted to show it off. I'm looking at their website right now. They have the NCAA T-Shirts, which you probably don't want to get now. But, hey, if you want them, they might go on sale. The Just Us Tar Heels jerseys and, and, and warm-up practice shirts. They have um, sweatshirts, jackets. They have tons of baseball stuff. It's baseball season now, so get yourself a baseball jersey. I think a baseball jersey – is more appropriately and more accepted to wear around town rather than like a, a cutoff basketball jersey. You get that. Um, tons of stuff on Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Local, right in Hillsboro, right on Franklin Street. Um, Johnny T-shirt and then JohnnyT-shirt.com. And all Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off. Just go to the message boards, Tar Pit, and UNC Basketball and get your um, – johnny t-shirt promo code to get 10 percent off support us by supporting them and support local businesses johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com we'll be right back with brian doan of 24 7 sports all right welcome back into the scoop inside carolina's number one recruiting podcast we have a very special guest i think this is your fourth appearance on the scoop brian well, I was waiting to hear who the guest was when you said it was somebody <laughs> special. I'm like, great. Yeah. I get to be on with somebody, not Don. I Everyone's, mean, with Don, with Don, it's great. Everyone's special. Well, we're bringing in Brian Doan, um, the, uh, I guess, national recruiting analyst who covers New Jersey, Northern Virginia, D.C. area, Maryland. Um, he goes the, all – yeah, he goes the all Carolinas, Carolinas now. now. Through the Carolinas now, Ross. Yeah. Through the Carolinas. Who'd you take over? Oh, uh, can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we you know, when, when Charles Power left, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a void there. So I had been asking for a while to add it. I think I was asking because, to be honest, and Don knows this, I vacation in the Carolinas every year, and yeah. I love it. So I thought, wait a minute, I could probably get down there in the fall and the spring also. So, Plus it and, means. And expense it, and expense it. Well, I, I mean, yes, that goes without saying. I but the know. other thing, but I don't think. Like the Carolinas are too nice for someone like me to be there too often. So yeah. I have to kind of go in spurts. Yeah, you're, Plus, a little, you're a little too gritty, a little too nasty <laughs> for the, for the gritty. You're going to get Don all excited with the flyers. <laughs> you talk gritty. Oh, geez. Well, the other the other aspect of him taking over the Carolinas is now we have probably doubled, if not tripled our interactions because, oh, uh, you know, comparing <sighs> notes and everything. I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, great. I love Don. <laughs> I called Don four times yesterday. Ugh. He probably would call me that many times, but I have caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know Charles had left. Yeah, I mean, it was only in October. I barely knew that Charles was employed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Barton left, but I didn't, I didn't know Charles left. I have to yeah. talk to you about that off the record here. Okay, we're going to talk about Zach Rice. This is the Zach Rice podcast. Um, he released a top five. Let me pull it up for those who did not get the news. His top five is UNC, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Virginia, and Alabama. And, of course, Zach Rice is – let me pull up his profile. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Um, this is great is the, listening. Six foot six, 285 pounds. He's a number 21 ranked player in the nation. 
number one offensive tackle, number two player in Virginia. He has his top five out. He's from Lynchburg, Virginia. Brian, just tell us what's going on right now with Zach Rice's recruitment. Oh, boy, where to start? Well, he's supposed to be on Carolina's campus this weekend, so I think that's a good thing. You know, he's been there a few times, and he wants to go through. Listen, if, if you're a kid as a recruit, you can go to any campus, you know, just like you could Ross or, or Don or, or anybody, um, and just walk around and look around, and he wants to check out some of the stuff with admissions there, which I think is, listen, whenever you get a kid on campus, it's a good thing when he's a five-star kid and a the top offensive tackle, it's even a better thing. So he wants to do that. He tells me he's got penciled in an official for Virginia. I think it's July 11th through the 13th. Um, you know, and then it's Alabama. You know, he wants to make sure he, he checks out um, each of the schools, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio State, get to campuses and see them. I think he's looking more official visits. Uh, one of the things about Zach is, and Don, I know, I know Don was with him probably a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Zach is much more relaxed now. He, he trimmed his list again. And Zach is a kid that will try to answer every interview request, every phone call, every DM, every, you know, whatever way you want to use to communicate with them. Um, and I think it, it weighed on him a lot in the winter and in February. And I think he's kind of pulled back a little bit. And so now it's just, it's going to come down to, I think, these visits in, in June and July on, on where he goes. Okay. So is there a sense of where he's leaning or, or what's your kind of take on, on what's going on there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to sit there and say, you know, UVA with, you know, his grandfather went there. They, you know, they went to games a lot there. He's familiar with it. It's close by. Um, he's got a great relationship with the offensive line coach there, Garrett Touge. Um, I, I think they're there. And I think North Carolina is right there because um, his familiarity with the program. He's very close with Tony Grimes, family. Um, you know, he's been to campus a few times. He likes to set up of North Carolina. They make him feel comfortable whenever he talks to them on the phone. And, and I think you look at those two and, and right now they're the ones setting the bar because he hasn't been to the other three and he plans on getting there. And I kind of get the sense that he's going to stay closer to home than going far away. Mm-hmm. Now things change in that. And we've also seen families move with their kids when they go to college sometimes. And I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but you know that's always something to consider. Also, I would really worry about Alabama and Ohio state if they get them on campus, because a they're two of the top five programs in the country. And you see that every year and B they they do a pretty good job with, with official visits. And you can also, you know, they'll also be able to talk to them about all the offensive linemen they put in the NFL, which is important to kids like Zach. So I I think right now you're looking at UVA and North Carolina, but I think, I think, you know, I wrote this the other day with inside the top five, which I'm sure both of you read and combed over meticulously, but, you know, I I think it's going to come down to the, those visits and, and can other schools make up ground or does he go on these visits and just feel so darn comfortable? I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Real quickly. Who is leading his recruitment for UNC? Well, I mean, (laughs) you can hop into it. Dre Bly is kind of handling it, but they're all kind of involved. They are. And I think, I think that's one of the things that, 
that really has me leaning a little bit toward UVA right now is it's Dre Bly leading the recruitment. And Dre is a wonderful recruiter. But when you get this far along in the process, you'd, you'd really like to see the position coach leading it. And that's what's happening with UVA. I agree with you on, and basically all bets are off once he starts taking official visit, especially if he sets, he does what he's, he plans on doing and takes all five of them because who knows what's going to happen because he's never been to these schools. Um, but the question I wanted to ask you is about UVA. And like you, I've heard behind the scenes, watch out for UVA, watch out for UVA. He doesn't seem to say that though. And even with, when I went and visited with him, his four, four of his schools were locked in and that was Ohio state, Alabama, North Carolina, and who am I forgetting? Alabama. Uh, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, well, who's going to be the fifth? And he's, oh, probably Virginia. It was such an afterthought for right. him. Um, but again, I'm hearing what you're hearing is everyone saying behind the scenes, watch out for UVA. Why is it that there's kind of like this, I guess, a disconnect between Zach and between what we're kind of hearing um, with, with UVA? Um, <laughs> it's a good question. And, it, and it's something I think a lot of people will wonder as well. Zach is, um, he was, I don't think he's like this anymore, but at, at the beginning and middle of his process, he was very concerned of what other people thought of where he was going to go. And I know there would be times where he'd be like, Hey, you know, are you putting crystal ball picks or how do these things work and all that stuff? And I, I think, I mean, I think he's doing a Jedi mind trick to be honest, you know, talk about the others and see what happens, you know, as it comes down. I mean, listen, he, he said he's he's got that official visit penciled in for Virginia in July. All right. So think about it. Everything you, you've heard so far in recruiting, it's official visits in June, 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 June. Well, then there's UVA sitting there at the end with a July visit. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Now, it's just what you said, Don. It's when he gets out to these other campuses, like he has a great relationship with the Ohio state offensive line coach, um, Greg Stridwawa. And I know I screwed that up. Stud Rawa. There we go. Um, I would have messed it up too. So, yeah, I mean, it just, I'm not smart enough to be able to put that many syllables next to each other that quickly, but you know, when he gets there, let's see what happens when you get down to Alabama and they start showing you all those national championship trophies and all the, tackles that are going to the NFL and all that stuff. It, it can certainly change things. Um, I heard that Saban guy is a decent coach too. Yeah. And and so, you know, I, I think the easy thing is to to project attention elsewhere. Um, I, I don't, I've never slept on UVA. I've always thought they've been in it heavily because of what UVA means to his, you know, his family especially, you know, his grandmother and being so close that it, it, you know, they could continue to live in Lynchburg and see all his home games. Um, But yeah, I I just think that he's smart. It's like, you know, there's a quarterback, uh, I think he's in Florida who released a top four, but all the crystal balls are in for Arizona state and Arizona state wasn't in his top four. Sometimes, sometimes kids do this stuff. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. I, th- I wonder how much of, you know, people around him and people are assuming that it's going to be UVA kind of almost pushes UVA back on him, but there's just so much power there that you just can't discount it. Uh, going back to, you mentioned the, the July 
official visit to UVA. That kind of stuck out to me. And I was like, whoa, because in a normal year, July is other than that one one week is dead. Um, and even during that, you can't take official visits. So it was just kind of weird that they. I get the point because um, right. obviously UVA is just trying to position itself to get that last official visit because, and I'm sure you agree, is that he's so super impressionable that really, if you get that last official visit, that might secure you the verbal commitment from him. I mean, are you of that sort of same mentality where you, the positioning of the official visits will play a key role in what ultimately happens with him? Um, I, I do think there's that aspect of it. Um, and, and that's why for UVA, you want to get them in, you know, what would be perceived as last. Now, you know, everybody's sitting there going, oh, visits. The NCAA still hasn't said anything, but since it's the NCAA, they probably won't say anything until May 30th. Um, but, you know, there, there's two trains of thought here. One is that the NCAA is going to allow visits in June. The other is that they're going to allow it through January, through July. The issue is not a lot of coaches want kids on campus in July because that's when they, you know, go on vacation and yeah. get ready for the season. And so they have to recharge. So there's that aspect of it. There's the aspect of they don't want kids on campus that can create a COVID issue leading into training camp. So there's a lot of different dynamics at work here, yeah. but I'm also comfortable thinking that um, he could make a decision in July, late July. I mean, shoot, he could make one in 10 minutes and it wouldn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. But I also know that, you know, he could wind up making a decision and still show up in the stands at a North Carolina or UVA game in the yeah. fall and, and have it not be a surprise. And, and I don't, I don't ever blame kids for that. They get to do this once and, and they're under a lot of pressure and coaches push for commitments and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, the, the back to your thing, Don, yeah, it, it's important to get that last visit. Um, but I don't think his recruitment ends with that la with whenever his last visit is. Is he an early enroll, early enrollee, uh, December signee type guy? I mean, so far. I mean, yeah. but those things, those things change. Um, I think there'll be so much pressure on him to sign in December that he'll do it, and then it's just a matter of does he want to go through basketball season, okay, and kind of keep being a kid or not? Okay, and so quickly, I know you've mentioned a lot of different dates and times. Can you go back through that? Like, what what are what visits are scheduled so far? And then the timeline of his recruitment, I think that'd be beneficial. You know, when, when you're talking about the visit, I and mean, he's going to be a, at North Carolina on Saturday. Okay. And the only other one he has set up right now is July 11th through the 13th, I believe it is, at UVA. Okay. And, and you know, he was adamant that it's not 100% done, that he'll be there. He, he's more like it's scheduled, but it's not etched in stone. And then... He's waiting, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, and Notre Dame are going to try to all get him on campus in June for official visits. Nothing has been set up yet. Uh, I would expect something to get set up in the next few weeks with Zach. And then his idea, his idea had always been to announce in June and after he made some visits, but that UVA visit in July tends to say he's going to announce mid to late July at this point. Okay. And if the dead period continues, I mean, those visits can be pushed to the fall. Is that? Yeah. The, so the, the the dead period is supposed to end, mm -hmm. you know, June 1st, kids can get on campus right now. Yeah. The There's a strong indication from the NCAA that they're going to allow that to happen in small 
doses. You're not going to have these 300 people camps that you usually see in June, but you can bring X number of kids kind of like an invite only to campus and work them out and have like these mini camps, which, I mean, I know Don will attest to, I mean, coaches will love that because instead of dealing with 500 kids, they deal with 20 that they really want. So there's that, but there, if for some reason, you know, there's a little bit of chatter that they could extend it all the way the dead period, all the way through August, which means kids could get on campus September 1st in theory. And the feeling of that is it gives a little bit more time to make sure your program is safe and healthy and get ready for the season before you bring the kids onto campus. So th those are the different timeframes, but what, to make it simple for, for um, the viewers and listeners, the, the biggest thing that you're looking at right now is will the NCA allow kids on campus June 1st and all signs are pointing toward that. Okay, great. Yeah, I think, go ahead, Don. Uh, I think that's important to point out is that, we have like a general idea, but we don't know. I mean, there, there is a good possibility that they say only visits during the summer and none during the fall because the last thing they want is yeah. is to have a COVID outbreak. Or they might say, hey, the numbers look so good that we'll have visits. I mean, it's just so much up in the air. But I wanted to um, I wanted to put Brian on the spot. All right. You ready, Brian? I'm ready. You've mentioned a bunch of schools and everything. Give me one. Who's the favorite heading into all these visits? You keep in mind that things are going to change most likely with this, with, with him. Uh, and then who's kind of the wild card. Who's the school that could of the five that could kind of come out of nowhere and steal him. Who, who are your one, one and two right there. You know, I, I think first the favorites UVA, but I, I don't really. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I mean, I feel so good about that that I have not put in a crystal ball pick, right? <laughs> so it's not like I'm sitting there going, yes, that's I'm not, it. I mean, I, mean, I, right, I, know, right. I know fans are going to be crazy and be and it holds you to it, but yes. I, I right. get that, it. And that's I why it. I hesitate with this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, right now I, I would have to say UVA. And I, I think the wild card in this one is Notre Dame. Because really? okay. he, he goes to uh, a religious school. Mm -hmm. Notre Dame's Catholic school, mm -hmm. um, a little bit different than in Lynchburg. Okay. We, we can't but, talk religion. We get in trouble. Right, Go ahead. Right. Um, and you're talking about the academics, you're talking about the offensive line yep. and what they do there and producing guys. And, you know, Zach likes to get out and see stuff. Right. And, and he can be, you mentioned before that, you know, he can be swayed and as any kid can, right. They're 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Notre Dame's campus, but if you get there at the right time, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, un, it's, it's a lot like UVA and it's like part museum, part campus, but in a different way, you know, UVA has the American history aspect of it. Notre Dame has the, you know, the grotto, the, you know, whatever you want to go through the, the golden dome, the library, the basilica, wh whatever. Um, and it's a great place to, to walk around on campus. So I, I actually think Notre Dame's my sleeper, to be honest. Well, I love the fact that you went original with both of those selections. So kudos to you. No, there's no crystal ball picks. I'm, I'm interested no. to make the first pick there. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm usually, I don't just put them in, you know, willy nilly. Yeah. I, I like other to, people. Well, I mean, I, I, we all have our different ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't feel comfortable putting in a pick right now with him because I don't know where it's going. Yeah. Um, usually you have an idea on where things are, are 
trending toward, and, and I don't have one on this. Don, okay. what's your approach to crystal ball picks? <laughs> Not to make them. The Inside Carolina subscribers, and that's all I care about, they know how to find out where I feel a kid is leaning or projected to go to. So um, if they don't, they need to make sure they check out the weekly suit. But I, I, I firmly believe all the Inside, Inside Carolina subscribers know how to find out what's, where my mind is at. All right, let's close with this. I want a brief, maybe two, three sentences breakdown. No, good luck from me. <laughs> yeah, breakdown of Zach Rice's game from both of y'all. Quickly, what you like about him as a player. Go ahead, Don. Brian first. Uh, oh, well, go ahead, Don. Whatever. Okay. Uh, obviously, his size, his quickness. I mean, he's just um, – you know, when I went to his practice, he, he sticks out. I mean, like every other top offensive lineman, um, he sticks out. Um, cause he's so big and he moves so well. He played a little bit defense when I saw, and even there you could see just his quick feet and just what he's able to do. He's a little bit raw in certain areas, which is understandable, but I mean, he, he has the ability to kind of steamroll, um, opposing defenders. All right, Brian, see if you can do better than he sticks out. I was gonna say that was like a Vonnegut sentence. Um, <laughs> for me, it's his length. It's his powerful build. He's competitive. He's tough. He's physical. He, if you watch what he's done in the spring, he still has to be able to sink his hips a little bit better, get a little flexible there, but he is athletic and long. And at that size, you can teach a lot of the other stuff. All right, great. And last question. This is going to be a new thing I do with guests. Okay. boy. First one, Brian, when we have guests on, we have, we have a lot of guests. (laughs) Our favorite. I want your top five favorite foods. Now, this can be dishes. It can be a dish or a food. But, you know, one kind of thing you eat together. Five. Okay. Five to one. Do I have to do it in order? And I don't want any interviews after I release this top five. (laughs) There you go. That's the way it ties together. That's a radio professional right there. Respect his decision. (laughs) So, all right. I'm just going to give you five because I I can't really put them in order. All right. The first one is shrimp and grits i mm. freaking love shrimp and grits okay the southern thing i uh, i mean i i make them at least once a week at home and, and not <laughs> and not the instant crap but you know the stone grits anyway um i love mexican food and my favorite thing of with mexican food is a tamale i love a good tamale okay i, I love corned beef sandwiches with mustard <laughs> all right um, i'm not a big corn beef I, I love euros you know greek food I, I i absolutely love euros okay sensational and if you can find a great chicken and waffles place i'm a sucker for that that was a great five a lot of variety too yeah yeah, yeah in original international, stuff international i've, some I've spent things. a lot of my career traveling and I, I, I think Don knows this because we've yeah. been out to dinner a few times. I do not do chain restaurants. Yes, we cannot. I cannot recommend a chain restaurant for us to go out I want, to eat. We I, won't want, go. I want local flavor. And I've been fortunate in my career to travel all over the country. I think I've been to like 47 states. Wow. I will only eat local. There you go. What three states have you not visited? I have not been to, and this is crazy because I'm based in New Jersey. I have not been to Maine. Okay. I have not been to Wyoming. Okay. And here's the one that really gets me. I have not been to Mississippi, despite really? being to New Orleans a few times where all I had to do was drive over the bridge. 
It's crazy. Well, I was thinking, I thought you were going to say Alaska, Hawaii. Maybe I, I actually, I actually ran a marathon in Alaska many mm. pounds ago and I lived in LA for 12 years. And so it was a quick flight to, you know, the islands. So we, we went there a few times. Don, when's your next marathon? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to run to the kitchen right <laughs> after this podcast ends. All right, guys, that was fun. Brian, we always appreciate the information. We'll probably have to bring you back on for more um, uh, Zachary stuff. And, you know, UNC's hitting up Virginia pretty hard, so you're our source for that. I appreciate you always having me on, guys. All right, right. thanks, Brian. See you, Brian. And we're back on The Scoop. Hope you enjoy that interview with Brian. We always love having Brian on. Good perspective. Uh, Gives us a little bit less of a UNC skew on certain recruits, so a little bit of reality to guys at UNC is going after. Don, what do you think of the interview? I, I loved it. I thought there was a lot of good information. I, I love the fact that with my question about the favorite and sleeper, mm-hmm. that he went orig- original. He didn't cater. You, I mean, those, I think most of our subscribers appreciate that we don't cater to, like, fi- like lean towards North Carolina. We try to give the honest truth on things. And I love that Brian kind of continued with that. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, one of the things that... Um, I've been saying for a while he came out. Well, he didn't really come out with this. Someone else came out the top three and he just retweeted it and it excluded Virginia. And meanwhile, I'm hearing a bunch of uh, sources telling me, watch out for Virginia, watch out for Virginia. And I shared that information on the board. And of course I got a bunch of pushback from, Mm. from posters. So it's great that Brian kind of supports just, he's hearing the same sort of thing. I'm not saying he's definitely going to Virginia, but anybody who, thinks or says that Virginia isn't a strong player in this recruitment is just is not informed. Yeah, it's be crazy when to follow because I mean, you got the kind of the two local choices, um, ACC choices with eight with North Carolina and Virginia, you know, not perennial powers, not elite programs right now, not powerhouses. And then you have Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, which like Brian said, and like we all know, there's tons of intrigue with them. Top five every year, college football playoffs almost every year. Well, you almost kind of feel like if Ohio State or and or Alabama want him, they just usually get those kids, you know? So that's Unless, what... This is like a local reason to stay at home or your grandfather went to Virginia yeah. or you have a really tight, you know, there's other reasons where yeah. the uh, other teams get involved. And then the Notre Dame thing that, that Brian threw out there I thought was really interesting. Um, but I, I, I think for him that wanted to go to Notre Dame, it would have to, yeah, the proximity wouldn't have to be as strong of a deal as, as yeah. people think. And then also I, I feel like Alabama and Ohio state, maybe not want him nearly as much because that's the thing is like Alabama does throw out a bunch of offers. And, and so you kind of have to try to figure out, you know, look through um, the weeds to kind of figure out it, who they really, really want. And I don't follow it. I don't follow Alabama as closely enough to truly know that. Yeah, Alabama certainly casts a wide net. All right, let's close out the podcast with a couple items. Don, you went to Virginia and you went to yes. Georgia. Which trip yes. was first? The Virginia trip. Okay, so why, we've, why'd you go there? Uh, for Zach Rice um, and also for um, Gunnar Gibbons. And then I – so it, that was actually two parts. I went to – that was kind of the central western part of the state – and then the following week, I went to the eastern part of this. Well, the Richmond area um, to, um, to to see Bryson Jennings, um, Travion Green, who's committed yeah. to North Carolina. And I tried to see Andre Green, and that didn't work out. 
So, okay. so we'll, we'll start with the trip. All right. So, because I think we already talked about the Southwestern Virginia one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just talking about just so this is a non-football portion of it, okay? And let me just kind of lay that the the background here is that I've been doing this for a very long time. I very rarely receive any sort of resistance to visit a school, whether it be for a practice, for a game, just going by the school. Obviously, we have a little bit different situation with COVID. Mm-hmm. It all kind of started with Gunnar Givens' coach, who just would not return my calls. And we probably should have asked Brian about it because Brian had to get involved and, and he, wasn't, he wasn't successful either. Uh, I, I, I just have never encountered this where a coach wouldn't return my calls, wouldn't return my text messages. I, I had Brian help. I had a couple other people kind of reach out to the coach. I had a college coach reach out to the coach. Nothing. So, uh, which that was kind of the first sign that things were just not going like normal. And then on top of that, so, or, so I had to go through the AD who was super helpful. He's, you know, a long time uh, uh, girls basketball coach there. Um, and so he was very, very helpful. Um, but that trip actually got canceled twice because of the ice. This was, this was like a, over a month ago. Um, so the third time was finally a charm. It kind of worked out. I was able to go to Gunnar Gibbons and then went to, um, to see Zach Rice and watch his practice, which, which I kind of talked to. Not a whole lot of problem with Zach Rice's situation. His coach was great uh, to deal with and all that. Then we go to the other side of the state. Okay. I had the same sort of problem with um, Bryson Jennings's coach, who happened, who is also his dad, wouldn't return my phone calls, wouldn't return my text messages. I'm like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> so, um, but you're trying, to I, hit up, you're trying to hit up multiple schools. Yeah, yeah, because you're trying trip, to put, and you're trying to plan out yes. the times and, and get two or three kids a day. Yes, yes. Okay. So that I didn't push. I mean, obviously, I reached out, uh, left messages text and, and, and voice messages. Um, I, but I didn't push too hard because I knew he played a game on that Friday and I could just go to that. And that's what I ended up doing. Meanwhile, trying to figure out the, the Andre Green situation. Now, they going to a game is not an option because their campus and the campus of who they played, I think this past week in Benedictine, is completely shut down to outsiders. Andre Green's parents, and I talked to his dad, they weren't even allowed to go to the first game of their spring season because no one was allowed. So I talked to the coach, and the coach is like, look, um, I'd love to have you at practice, but I, I'm just not allowed to have people on campus. He said yeah. it, it's a school where it's like uh, it's all-boys school, and I think it goes from like kindergarten to, to uh, 12th grade. And he said that if a little kid forgets his lunch, a parent cannot – come on the campus and bring him his lunch. We have got to find some other lunch for this poor little kid. That's, so, that's just the, the situation they're dealing with. St. Christopher's school. St. Christopher's school. In Rich- so, Richmond. Is that Richmond? Yeah, Richmond. So I, I tried to work it out with his dad. It did, just didn't work out for a lot of different reasons. He's on spring break. There's some things going on. No big deal. But so that's just another one of our problems. So anyway, um, Trevion Green, who's committed to North Carolina, no problem whatsoever setting that up. Had to set it up going to his practice on a Thursday, then was going to go to Bryson um, Jennings's game on Friday. I'm heading down there, driving I'm about 15 minutes away from the practice. I, my phone rings. I look on my caller ID for my, in my car, and it says Trevion Green. I'm like, this can't be good. <laughs> so he, call, he calls. I pick up the phone, and he says, hey, how far are you? I'm like, 15 minutes away. And he's like, oh, I didn't tell my coach. I have a doctor's appointment, and I'm going to miss practice today. <laughs> and so he said, well, I can stay. And I was like, well, 
let's just try it. Can we, can we meet up tomorrow? And he said, yeah, sure. But so anyway, so I had that little blunder also gone to the doctor's appointment. I should have, I should have, but instead I I met, I I met him at his, uh, his practice. uh, I'm sorry. At his, on his campus on the following day. And it just kind of worked out. We, we already posted the video from that, but we were, we were hoping they have some practice footage, but obviously that didn't happen because they didn't practice that day and everything went smoothly. Once I went to uh, uh, Bryson Jennings game, although I had, you know, had to deal with some questions entering the, the stadium, which is a little pain in the butt. So anyway, so that was just my huge headache, which I guess it's such a, for, for listeners, maybe you're like, Oh, not, not that big of a deal. I don't have these problems. Like it's just usually I call the coach <laughs> They're like, all right, great. Love to have you. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, just, I mean, this was like a couple month process. Now, George, for Georgia, for example, was great. Call coaches come this time. And this is even with, um, you know, I went to see, and we'll have stories. We, we posted kind of like a summary of what I got. I took away from these yeah. visits in the, the Georgia weekly All-American or all-star yeah, game or something. The, well, the, no, the Under Armour All-American yeah. game. Yeah. So I went to that, I went to that, um, that uh, camp on on sunday and then i went by a couple schools on monday and even with that there's a little bit of juggling because like um jake pope i went and saw he's not physically in school it's all remote for him um actually all three of all, all three schools i went to damarian Dem- uh, Olson not in school the the kids from walton which is marcus allen and uh Kaysen henry not in school so i was able to kind of work it out the one thing that did have a slight um panic attack for me was i'm supposed to meet um, Jake Pope at his school at 7.15. At 6 o'clock in the morning, this is right when my alarm goes off, he sends me a text and says, I have a, my, my mom scheduled a chiropractor appointment at 8 o'clock. I'm not going to be able to make 7.15. So I was like, what the, you know. But uh, anyway, we were able to meet up um, after his with appointment. Him? What's that? Where did you meet up with him? We went to, instead of his school, yeah, uh, because he was worried that after the chiropractor appointment, he's going back home to go to school. He didn't want to have to. He's about 30 minutes from school and it's it's the metro Atlanta. So traffic is a pain in the butt. Okay. Um, so he he thought I was going to slip up, didn't you? I did. Uh, so for him to go to school and come back home, that's adding an hour away from away from um, take away from his schoolwork. So what we agreed, there was a really super nice park right um, near his house um, had a football field and everything and we we met there took some pictures spent some time with him gave me a great interview we'll have that again we post a little bit of um, a summary of what I got out of that on the weekly scoops says check that out but we'll have a full um, report on it so we were able to meet up and, and he was great and all the other trips were fine you know um, although Damari Alston was because of Atlanta traffic he was like 45 minutes late mm. um, yeah. So, uh, that was, that was interesting. So yeah. Tough. So hopefully it led up, it, it met your expectations for the craziness behind the scenes. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be some crazy story, but, um, I mean, I guess everything's a little different cause there's not at school. Like a lot of those kids just aren't at school. Yeah. And so it yeah. changes how you are, a- are able to, which maybe gives you some flexibility. Like they're not sitting in class for half the day. You can yeah. literally meet them anywhere. I was going to make a joke about meeting a high school boy in a park, but I'm not maturity there um and we'll move on from there you're growing before our very eyes i got a question and sure. i don't want to take this the wrong way uh-oh when you're sitting so you obviously staying in multiple hotel rooms throughout these trips you know a couple well nights. this the, well so 
the Atlanta trip, I stayed in a hotel room, the yeah. same hotel room, which is another thing I had a problem with. I the freaking oh the, the, the my key. I went to this one. <laughs> the first room they gave me would yeah. not work. And I had the lady come up and everything and couldn't get it to work. They changed my room. And then the key was was working sporadically at the new room. I, you know, but anyway, the, the I was afraid. The slide, the little car. Yeah. 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 Those are a little sketch. They don't always work. So, I, yeah. all right. So you stay in a hotel room in Virginia, hotel mm-hmm. room in, Char- in Georgia, multiple nights? Um, in, in, a, in Georgia, it was two nights. With my trip to Lynchburg, I didn't stay anywhere. Um, I, I just came right back home. Um, but when I went to Richmond, I did stay the night. Okay. What do you, what's, what's, what do you do when you're in a hotel room by yourself on a work trip? I, I mean, I end up working a lot okay. to be honest, be, be just because, I mean, what else am I going to do? Uh, I mean, I'll go, I'll, I'll usually, if I have to, like the Atlanta trip was really, I had a lot to do. Um, the, the first night when I got there, I didn't, I watched uh, UFC, um, uh-huh. but uh, I brought my, my own Roku so I can hook it up to the TV and what I was, was able again? to, what do you call it? Roku. You call it Roku? I think it's a Roku. Well, I mean, it's I brought an my... O, not a U, right? It's Roku. It's not R U. It's not what? Roku. It could be some. Could be another language. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so I brought that. I was able to watch UFC that night and uh, and watch the uh, the basketball games. But but Sunday and Monday, I mean, I was just slammed with stuff I had to do. Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, who knows? Who knows what goes on? All right. What do you wait? Wait, what do you think I do in these? Oh no, it's like when you go to a hotel by yourself. Like I feel like it's just an interesting question what people do. Like I feel it's such a different scenario for a lot of different people. Like you're in this different room, and so I don't don't really know what I was getting at. But I don't know if you go out to eat, if you go down the hotel bar, go uh, walk around the local gas station or fast food restaurants. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to paint a. Well, some. I mean, sometimes I'll end up going. I'll purposely go someplace just to kind of get out, and and I'll go to. I say bar, but like a restaurant bar, yeah, you know, sure just kind of sit at the bar and, and eat. And I, I, and I do that purposely <laughs> as opposed to, so I didn't suck in my hotel room, but I literally was, had so much stuff to do. And I knew, so Monday, because I didn't have my room, I was basically hopping from, you know, I spent some time at a Panera bread. Then I, um, I was sitting in my car working for a while just yeah. you know, during the downtime. Yeah. I don't know if you FaceTime your wife and kids. So I'm just trying to get, idea. I mean, I, so here's the thing, like, like you think Katie, like really kind of roasts me. You should hear my daughter roast me. But the second I leave, that little girl will blow up my freaking phone. She loves you. Calling me, texting me, all this sort of stuff. All of a sudden she forgets how to live. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, no, I'm not like, I mean, if it's like a, I mean, most of my trips are like a, a couple of days. So nobody misses me in those couple of days. It's kind of crazy that, you know, your daughter's what? 14, 14, 14. Yeah. Like, we didn't have cell phones when we were that age. Like we weren't calling our parents. Like, yeah, you're just like, all right, when's dad getting home? When's mom getting home? Yeah. When am I going to do this? You had the phone obviously at your house, but it's not like we were texting or calling. We're so, they're so much more dependent, you know, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like you technology know. changes from, yeah, maybe that too. Technology changes from like where I grew up was kind of like where, my age of growing up was kind of the cutoff. Like people, five years younger than me like had cell phones in high school mm-hmm. and so like but i feel like my child when did you get your first first cell phone you know i mean, we had one like high school like high school like junior okay. year senior year it's kind of when you started getting one and then the college but i mean i don't remember seeing a text until yeah until like maybe college i remember 
the text, the early text messages were dependent upon what you had. Like I had Sprint. Yeah. So I would get this alert that I had a text message and I click it and it would be a link to bring me to a website that would show my text. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like my childhood, like my age, like 80, born in 86 and below is very similar to like even growing up in the 80s, you know, 90s and 80s, 70s. Because the technology, I think, has grown so much exponentially from, you know, 2000 and up. Yeah, where it's a completely different. But we still, I think, one of the differences is that we had internet. We got internet. We're the internet generation. Like right when we were growing up, when the internet kind of blew up. So we were still able. We were not to the extent that they are, but we are. We were able to. You know, AIM was a big, a big thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy thing about maps too? Like. Yeah. I mean, I used to print off maps, but think about before the internet. You had to just have a paper map with you and just kind of hope. See, that's the one thing I got there. I, I mean, I've been traveling a lot for a while, places that I don't know. But no but um, I have never had to use a map, though. I've always had MapQuest or Google Maps or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You never had to use a old-school map. Yeah, old-school map. I mean, yeah. if in the 80s and early 90s, that's how you would get places. Think yeah, and I can't, I can't imagine. About 60s, 70s, you're just like, yeah. all right, we're going to hit this road and then hope that this is the right turn and – Hope this is the right turn, and then we'll get there. And and now, you know, I'm driving, and my GPS is like, we found a quicker route. Would you like to save five minutes? And yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. Click the button. <laughs> All so, right, wrap this up here. Do you want to hear about the yes, I want to hear. Yes, I want to hear about because I'm assuming you did not have a, a map, a, a uh, physical map for, for your story. hitchhiking. All right, this has been a long-winded kind of closing segment for us on Don's Tales and My Tales. We'll wrap it up with this. I used to be a whitewater rafting guide in Nantahala, North Carolina, which is way west, um, past Bryson City, way past Asheville, um, really kind of in the corner of the western part of the state. And I worked there for two summers. And so this was summer after my sophomore year. I was working. This might have been. I don't know which summer it was, but it was one of them. And I my car broke down and I needed to be in Charlotte that night for an engagement party for my brother's wedding i was still in college i was was 19 or 20 or 21 around that range so i'm not sure if it was it had to be it was uh i was 19 it was after my sophomore year all right sorry um so my car broke down that's volvo it was done it wasn't it wasn't i wouldn't be able to fix it in um in the short hours i was like i gotta get to charlotte and so we're rafting guides there's a lot of people coming in and out of the um business the the rafting company and so I was kind of just like talking about with people and this guy who had taken his daughter rafting that morning was like, I'm going to Charlotte. I'm going to Salisbury. And I was like, he's like, I'll drive you. And I was like, all right. So it wasn't really hitchhiking, but as a complete stranger. And so mm-hmm. I packed up my bag and I hopped in his truck and his daughter was in the uh, back seat, and we just t- talked for a while and drove and he dropped me off in Salisbury north carolina and my uh, brother and his friends picked me up from there and we went to charlotte wow i think my mom drove me back or something but somehow i got back to to nanahala and that was my hitchhiking story it was was, a complete stranger speaking of of like different times like my i was talking my dad this a long time ago and he was saying how he would hitchhike all the time yeah like like if he he had like a girlfriend that was further away and like he would hitchhike to her house and hitchhike back and i just can't imagine from a safety standpoint and also from like, I guess times then like we're so like, I feel like we're because of technology, we're so restricted on times, you know, it matters so much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, back then it didn't, I guess. I don't know. I'm probably not explaining that 
too well. But yeah, it's just so I yeah, can't imagine. I, mean, I think back, definitely back in the 60s and 70s was very common. Um, for sure. All right, that's it. Anything else, Donnie? No, just make sure you submit your top five and yep, we will top- be back in a couple weeks. Give us your top five storylines for UNC spring football heading into the 2021 season. Guys, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Click the subscribe button. Give us a quick rating, five-star rating, and then a review, um, hopefully a, a positive review about this podcast or any of the podcasts you listen to on the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. Remember, Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.